Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 188 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Chelsea Hoffman. Chelsea lives in Spokane, Washington, where she is a graphic designer who screen prints t-shirts. Welcome, Chelsea. Hi, Jen. It's so nice to see you finally. It really is. I'm so excited to talk to you today. And we've actually been talking for like, what, 10 minutes already? <laughs> <laughs> a few minutes. We had to yeah. talk about a lot of things. But it's anyway, early. it's been great to talk to you so far. And I'm really excited to hear about your intermittent fasting story. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yeah, so I definitely remember the date like it was a birthday or a child being born because it was a big deal for me. So December 17th, 2019 was the first day I fasted. 
heard about it from a childhood neighbor she had posted on Facebook. little shout out to Andrea. She's got a fasting page on Facebook that she had shared and kind of telling how much it had helped her. And she was always like a skinny, skinny girl, I feel like to me, because I wasn't that. But just to hear her talk about the health benefits and there was weight loss benefits. And at this point in my life, I was... 237 pounds. I'm only 5'3", so that's a lot of weight. And I was like, tell me more. (laughs) Tell me everything you know. I messaged her right away, and she said, here's a Facebook group, this woman named Jen, you need to read her book. And I'm like, done. I'm going to do it. And nothing ever sounds like intriguing to me when it comes to weight loss. People talk about, oh, I've done this. I've counted calories, the Weight Watchers. And I was always like, nope, not doing it. Like it wasn't even like, I don't want to do that. I don't know. It was, wasn't going to happen. It doesn't even sound attractive, does it? <laughs> no, I wasn't. So you had never done any of those crazy diets? I mean, the only, I, only thing I had tried was keto. And this was in 2014. I did keto and I counted calories for a few months and it was terrible. I, I hated counting calories. I was using the app. And I did lose about 20 to 30 pounds. I had gotten down to maybe 200 pounds, which was still heavy, but it was better. But yeah, other than that, I was not, I was never a dieter. I was just like packing on the pounds. Here we go. Like, that's what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. It was, I'm that person. I'm, I mean, 5'3 and my heaviest weight, I've hit 300 in the past. I've always been heavy ever since I was a child. Um, about five years old is when I discovered sugar for the first time. My, my mother kept it away from me for the first five years of my life. And when I discovered it, it was all downhill from there. Okay. So that's, <laughs> there are, a, you know, a definite subset of people who sugar just fires up your brain in a different kind of way. Oh, and I am addicted to sugar. I get <laughs> it. And now. you know, I, I am not. And, and people... People who who describe it as an addiction, I a hundred percent believe it. You know that 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 is the way your brain reacts to it because, you know, some people are addicted to alcohol immediately when they try it. The same the same with sugar because the way it lights up your pleasure center. You know, I can like last night Chad went and got some pumpkin pie. Uh, he likes pumpkin pie. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like grocery store pumpkin pie, but um, I like homemade good pumpkin pie. But, you know, I have no pull to eat that. I'm like, yeah, that's not – I don't want to eat that. But if you if you describe yourself as a sugar addict, like if you oh, knew yeah. there was a pumpkin pie, oh, yeah. would no, you I just have, really want to eat it? I, I, I tend to eat the whole thing every yeah. time. <laughs> I have. Yeah, see, Chad had a tiny sliver. He eats like – the tiniest little piece you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Hopefully you have to have like a pound of whipped cream on top of it too. <laughs> I think my, even my picture on my email, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a picture of a pumpkin pie covered in whipped cream. Cause that's, oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I, but we'll probably throw some of it away because he won't be able to eat the whole pie because he eats, he, he eats like, like a little, like a little <laughs> a bird. Sliver. I don't know. <laughs> he just needs like the a, taste and that's it. And then he's good. That's it. He has this little bit of pie and I'm not going to eat that pie because I don't like it. Now, if it were like ice cream, I'd be all, well, good ice cream. <laughs> right. I love ice cream too. My first job was an ice cream scooper. Oh gosh. That's, that's probably hard when you're like having those sugar, sugar cravings. Oh, all the time. I was like, oh, tester, tester, tester. Yeah. <laughs> so five years old, that's when it really started for you? Yeah. I started gaining weight about at five years old. And by the time I was 12, I remember being over a hundred pounds over, no, sorry. 
I was well into 100 pounds by then, probably 130. By the time I was in seventh grade, I weighed 150 pounds, and most girls then were still around the 100, so I was well overweight. And then in high school, kind of just balanced through the maybe 150 to 180s. Probably I got really sick my senior year of high school and was in bed with mono and gained a lot of weight during that. And then yeah, that's miserable. It's a yeah. miserable thing to have. My son Will has never like never been sick ever. Like he never gets sick. But he um he had mono in 2020. How do you get oh. mono during a pandemic? I don't know. That tells Man. you how well they were doing. They're socially distancing Terrible. or whatever. But he came over and he said, "I'm dying. I'm going to die. I need to go to the doctor." He is never. <laughs> What? Like one time he sliced his arm open and it was bleeding profusely. He's like, we'll just put a butterfly band-aid. It'll be fine. <laughs> so for the child to want to go to the doctor, right. it was, he felt bad. So you were sick and you had to stay in bed. And I stayed just- in bed for like four months that year. This was in 2005 and gained a lot of weight. Turned 18, graduated high school, and I had moved. Um, so I grew up in a different state. And then I moved to Idaho and lived up here and when I turned 18, I was like, I'm going to lose some weight. You know, I'm a new person. I'm an adult now. And so I did a little journey. I can't remember for life of me what I did to lose weight. I'm sure I was just not eating chips and drinking soda and stuff like that. But was comfortable there for a while. And then I got in my first real relationship. And that was an eating relationship. And I went from, you know, the 180 or 200 all the way up to nearly 300 pounds at that point. So by the time I was 20, it didn't take long, I was almost 300 pounds. The pictures that I see of me back then are just terrible. I can't even look at them. I'm like so bloated, a different person. I get it. I get your your features probably don't even write. You don't, I like to say that it, when I look at my pictures from 2014 when I was at my heaviest, it feels like I like I was pumped up with a bicycle pump or something. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I explain it as the girl from Willy Wonka, the blueberry girl. Like that was me. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's exactly how it felt. And you just, it feels swollen, like your body just doesn't even feel like your own. Yeah. So ironically, at that point, I left that relationship and was like, okay, it's a new start again. You know, you get all empowered to to do something different and change your ways. And I, I, at the time, kind of stumbled into intermittent fasting, but not really because I didn't know that's what it was. So this was in 2000. Seven and I was close to 300 pounds, and I stopped eating breakfast and I stopped eating lunch, and I thought it was bad, so I didn't tell anybody that's what I was doing. (laughs) But I was working full time, I was going to school full time, I had an internship, I was really busy. Um, So I would grab a Slim Fast around two or three because I was like, these are good for you, right? Yeah, you're going to get Slim Fast. Yeah, and I was already skipping (laughs) breakfast. I don't recall if I was having – I might have been having Red Bull in the morning even because I was in college. Um, So that probably wasn't actually fasting. But the the lack of calories that was being intake did did the trick, I guess. So I went quickly. Within that year, I went from – almost 300 pounds down to 150. I was also running. I was exercising. Just I completely changed myself at that point. Now, this was however many years ago, 15 years ago. And so that lasted. I was able to kind of hold that 150 to 180 for the next five years. I was able to kind of keep that. And then I met my husband. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so when you were able to maintain, were you still like skipping the, the breakfast? I think I was still skipping breakfast. I've never been a big breakfast person. And so for me, I, you know, everyone's telling me eat breakfast, eat breakfast. And it's like, eh, okay. I don't know. I don't I, want to. We forced ourselves <laughs> to do it because we thought that was what we were supposed yeah, to do. I tried. I tried, but and my body's always, it's kept telling me all these years, like, why are you eating breakfast? And <laughs> so that's why when I heard about intermittent fasting through Andrea for the first time, I'm like, wait, so you're telling me I shouldn't eat breakfast? Because that's what I want to do. <laughs> so it, it gave you permission to live the way you had figured out worked well for you, but you felt secretly guilty about doing it because you thought it was bad and wrong. Yeah. Everyone was asking, like, are you sick? Are you okay? Yeah. Are, did Do you, you have an eating disorder? <laughs> yeah. it's And I still kind of go through that struggle. Some people still, like, ask me those questions even now from fasting. But even back then, I was like, no, no, I eat. It's fine. Don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels bad. It feels disordered when you have to lie about it. Or when you think you have to lie about it, even if it isn't, it feels like it is. Because when we do something that we feel like we can't tell people about, it feels shameful, like we're doing something wrong. And I don't like to do something that feels wrong. Absolutely. And that's why I, I am a, fo- a rule follower. Absolutely. I've always been that student, too. You, <laughs> like, oh, teacher's talking. We better be quiet. So, like, we follow the rules. And so, yeah, I wasn't wanting to tell people what I was doing. And that's why intermittent fasting was like huge, like a huge light bulb went off for me. And I was like, this is, I can do this. Like, this is the one thing I know I can do. I was excited and I was eager to start. I went straight to the Facebook page and read tutorials till probably three in the morning that night, like just so intrigued and watching, seeing the pictures, the before and afters. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, this is going to be great. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. The first day, I think I started with an eight-hour window. and I'm, That's a great way to start. Yeah. I was like, let's start slow. Um, and that wasn't that terrible. The next day, I think I went to six hours. And by the end of the week, I was doing OMAD. Wow. I just jumped <laughs> you right are in. a rip off the Band-Aid kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. But, and I lost But you it. had done it before. Yeah. Technically, I had. and But it felt even better this time. Especially at that point, I had hit a really low point in my life. I just, my youngest child, so I have three children. Two are my birth children. My oldest is my stepson, but he lived with, he's lived with us for most of his childhood. He recently went back to live with his mom. But at the time, I had, you know, full plate with a teenager, a five or six year old, and a newborn. And after that last, baby, I had gained, I had weighed 276 pounds when I went into labor with him. Now that is some baby weight in there, but not a whole lot. (laughs) And I was having a really hard time with just being heavy, being a working mom. My oldest was having some trouble in school and it set me off. And I hit like a point where I was like, I have got to do something. And so that first day I turned on your podcast and the first podcast I listened to, someone said, you know, if there's anything you can do for your, like anything in your life that you can do, you don't have control over your kids or your husband or your job, but you have control over your body. And that resonated with me hard. I was like, you Do you remember right. who it was? Was that Barb? That wasn't Gosh, Barb, was I it? screenshotted it, but it's lost in my phone it's at this point. It's been a long point. time. I wonder <laughs> if that was Barb, because that sounds that was an earlier it one. It was an early episode, like, yeah. Sounds like something she would say. I started at the beginning remember. and I just yeah. kind of picked one and but that like I was like, Oh my gosh, she's right. Like if there's one thing I have control over right now, I didn't have control over my preteen, I didn't have control over anything else. It was crazy life and I have control over myself, so I'm gonna do this. Can I just say no one has control over those preteens? <laughs> if you do, it is a mirage. <laughs> oh, man. They and are just, oh, they're a mess. It's he hard. made it to they, f- 15 now, and he's, he's – He's 15. Is he, is he human again? Because oh, that's yeah. early. If he's 15 and human, then that is amazing. Well, because he's it made took- a lot of strides. So he's gotten oh, – he's – I mean, COVID was hard on these kids, and that oh, was yeah. that was really rough. But no, he's matured a lot since then, and he's still 15. But yeah, we're right. through some of those 12, 13-year-old struggles. Those were hard. It was hard. So, <laughs> so mamas and dads that are listening, I just want to tell you, you may not recognize this person that lives at your house. <laughs> our, our younger son, whew, he had a hard time. He's 22 now, and he is just, like when he was 21, like just got to the point where He's human and will listen to me like I have possibly a good idea. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, though. No, part of that I did not. It was not, but it took him to be 21 before he's like, hmm, maybe she knows a little thing or two. Anyway, it gets better. I just want to, I want to keep putting that out into the world good. because it's really hard. I'm going to hold on he, to that too because I've had got- a really big struggle this year, and and he came to me with it. Which felt like that's why we do all the things we do with these oh, kids. Oh, see, that's good. It was all worth it then. 
when they can still come to you in the end. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Well, you're developing that relationship and I know, I know that you're, you're going to get there with them. It sounds like he's, he's having an easier time now, but just be aware there could be weirdness in the future. Yeah, I've got, I've got to go through the girl. I heard the girls are the worst. So my, See, I don't know. I'm a boy mom. So. <laughs> I've got my oldest is a boy and then my daughter is my middle child. And then my youngest is a boy. So we're going to have fun still for the next 10 to 15 oh, you got years. A long time. Yeah. You got a long time. Just buckle <laughs> up, enjoy the ride because, you know, they just love them. That's the best advice I have. They like lose their minds and you just have to love them through it and realize that every, the bad, they're going to make bad choices and it's not a reflection on you. <laughs> I'll have to remind my husband this too. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him, tell him, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so you you um you you felt like as a you know, heavy working mom and you know, the the oldest was having those troubles, but this was the one thing you could control. Exactly. And that's really like what kept me going in the beginning. Also, watching the scale go down was super great. I did lose a decent amount of weight kind of right away, and I know we've talked about that probably just being fluids and it absolutely had to have been. I mean, I was I was loaded, like really bad. And I kind of going talking about some of the the things that have gotten better for me is I suffered from asthma really bad. It started only a few years ago. I'd gotten really sick with bronchitis like in 2016, 2017. And ever since then, I was diagnosed with asthma. They gave me steroids. I had inhaler a steroid inhaler and a rescue inhaler, and I would use them constantly, so much that the doctor was like, I can't refill this yet. (laughs) You shouldn't be using it that much. Um, I ended up hospitalized a few times during my pregnancy with asthma. It was out of control. I also have severe allergies to cats and animals, dander, horses, trees, you name it, everything, dust, and that is all gone. It's all gone. I haven't used an inhaler since probably three months into fasting. And I haven't had to take an allergy pill or get my allergy shot. Just completely gone. I have a cat now. I can pet a cat. (laughs) That's fantastic. See, that is just, that goes to show, you know, how inflammation really impacts our bodies. You know, when we're living, you know, the, the, the lifestyle where we were eating all the time, I mean, it just drives up inflammation in our bodies. We never have time to really clear all that out. And again, you know, I've talked about my allergies. I haven't had to take allergy medicine since, what was it, 2016 when I really started fasting clean. And that was the end of my allergy medicines. I do have one cat that will make my eyes itch. We have we have three cats right now. And um, I'm not allergic to any of them except Ringo when I rub him and then rub my eyes. It makes my eyes itch. Oh, He's yeah. like some kind of a different kind I of do cat. avoid <laughs> r- touching cats and rubbing my eyes just mostly right. from fear and habit <laughs> of not doing it my whole life. But I was the person that would walk into someone's house and within a few minutes, if they had a cat, I knew about it. And I would say, do you have a cat? <laughs> because my face was swelling up already and I'd have to leave. And it was that bad. And to have... That be gone is – I never expected that to, to go away. That was just something I've always lived with. And to be so. able to have a cat live at your own house. Right. It's, That's just sleeps, amazing. He's on my bed. Oh. <laughs> like, and so you do not need – you don't have asthma at all anymore? No. It's gone. And it wasn't – I always assumed it was just from being really sick and then being so heavy that my body couldn't heal properly. 
I don't really know. Doctors were like, I don't know, you have asthma. Just take the medicine. They weren't very helpful, I guess. But I was just living with it at that point, and it was terrible. And, it, you know, it costs money, and it's time out of your day to go get the doctor refill and just all this stuff, going to Walgreens. And <laughs> it's just like I don't have to do any of that anymore. And it's just that alone is life-changing. And there's so much of this has been life-changing for me. So what do your doctors say about the fact that you just don't have asthma anymore? Well, I'm currently looking for a new doctor since we moved states. But my old doctor just kind of like, she wasn't necessarily happy or on board with intermittent fasting. She was kind of just like, oh, be careful. And, you know, I kind of, she was, she's an overweight doctor too. So at the time when I first saw her, I felt connected to her. And then like when I started, she was like, Ooh, like be careful. And I'm like, no, you should try it too. Like, (laughs) here's the book. Like, no, it's really great. And she's like, yeah, okay. There's still misconceptions out there. I found that out when I was at my conference recently in Arizona that, you know, it was a lot of doctors and medical professionals, a lot of OBGYNs were there. And the first thing a lot of them said to me when they found out that, you know, my my field is fasting, they're like, oh, yeah, but what about women? And I'm like, really, really? It's it, it's over-restriction that's a problem for women. And fasting is not necessarily over-restriction. Oh, you got to bust that myth. I do not restrict anything. When my window's open, I eat. I hear you talk about this, too. Like, that plate is full. I I eat and eat until I'm full and satisfied. And that was something I'm still struggling with. I mean, I'm almost two years in and some days I still overeat. And then I'm like, why? Why? I know this is why did I do that? <laughs> For the most part, I don't. And but I'm always I eat exactly what I want. My of course, that has changed in the beginning. Even the first day I fasted, I had McDonald's that night because <laughs> they said I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> So I did. I didn't necessarily feel good with that choice, but we had, um, you know, I was a fast food goer. My job in college was fast food. I was a fast food manager, so I lived and breathed fast food. I was drinking free soda, free meals, like just going to town on fast food because that's the- My first job was fast food. My first real job out of teaching dance. Yeah, I taught dance for my mom. So that was my first job, teaching tap dance to little children. (laughs) But my first like real job where it wasn't my mother writing my paychecks, I worked at Long John Silver's. Do you remember Long John Silver's? I don't – I – I, I I was like, I would eat the little crumbs, you know, the little fraud that would fall off. And we could eat those. They were free. Yeah. You get a Coke, eat the crumbs. The, fr- the French fries were free. Yeah. We go bad, you Hush get to puppies. eat them. puppies. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I was dipping Yeah, it. we get to eat the old food for free, right? Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after a while, you start to get picky. But even so, you're still, I was still eating it. I was just more picky about what I was going to eat. You know, I wasn't going to eat the old taco. I was going to make a fresh one. So. Right, right. <laughs> So you started off and and eventually over time, did you find that your tastes in food changed? Absolutely. So something I always said my whole life was like, oh, I'll eat anything. Like I didn't have anything I didn't like besides ketchup and Brussels sprouts. You don't like ketchup? I know. I don't like ketchup, but I like fry sauce (laughs) and tomatoes. (laughs) Not a ketchup fan, like just ketchup and fries. I'm like, "Uh, not my thing. I'm like mustard. I like the vinegary thing. All right. Uh, I know. I'm weird. <laughs> See, I love ketchup. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I had a like a scooter that you rode on that was like a Heinz ketchup bottle. <laughs> That's cute. So I guess I've always liked ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> my kids like ketchup. Everyone likes ketchup. It was just not Except my for thing. You. 
That's all right. It is my okay. dad had a tendency to put it on like a lot of my meals. And so as a child, I was like ketchup on mac and cheese, for example. And I'm like, and he would make me eat it. I'm like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> well, I don't think I would like that. <laughs> it ruined it for me probably. But you ate everything. But I ate everything, for- that and Brussels sprouts. And now like I hear everyone else talk about it. It's I don't know what it is about fasting and Brussels sprouts, but I cannot eat enough Brussels sprouts. I know. I don't understand it either. That is Baked. crazy. Yeah, I even like them steamed now. And I'm like, that's not even the preferred way to eat them. But we put them on the smoker, Parmesan or salt or something. And like, so good. It's my favorite. I eat it. Way too much. <laughs> I don't That's know. not well. I don't think there's too much. Yeah. I think did, were they, they used to try to serve you frozen Brussels sprouts. I wonder if that's what it is. Because my mother would buy those frozen ones that were not, or I don't even know. They just were like soggy. My great grandma would make them and they were always steamed and she would, you know, put them on our plate and I'd just pick at them. I don't know how she prepared them, but I was like, nope, not happening. I'd eat the peas, I'd eat the broccoli, but I wasn't going to touch a Brussels sprout and now I cannot eat them enough. Me neither. I really can't, which sounds crazy because the one thing I still can't really wrap my head around cauliflower. I just am like, I think I got had an aversion to it when I was trying to do keto that, that summer, which was the summer of 2014, which is when you said you were trying to do keto too. But there was this recipe. I was in all these keto groups and they were like, oh my God, this tastes just like mashed potatoes. And you know, I'm a potato girl, right? So I'm like, well, I can do it. It was like cauliflower. And then you added like the butter and the whatever and the bacon. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And the sour cream. And I made it and I served it to my family. And everyone was like, um, what, what is this? No, <laughs> they all refused it. But then it like put me off cauliflower forever. Like this is not potatoes. <laughs> It's not. I was so mad at that plate of not potatoes that I like permanently have an aversion to cauliflower from that. Have you tried cauliflower crust on pizza? I have tried that recently and it is delicious. Is it delicious? I really like it. I didn't. Now I am agreeing with you on the whole like make it a mashed potato thing. I think that's just really hard because it's not mashed potatoes. But as a crust, it's like if you like a crispy crust and it's got a little bit extra flavor. I really enjoyed that. Okay, like I'm so anti-cauliflower that I don't order any of the daily harvest things that have cauliflower in them, even though I know I probably couldn't taste it. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) I heard you (laughs) say that about collard greens the other day. I was listening to a podcast and you were saying that about collard greens. And then you tried it and then you liked it again. There was one. I had so much kale last night for dinner and it was so good. It was so good. I did add like a little cream to it. <laughs> like I sauteed it. I always make it a little creamed kale, I like that. I've so explored. Good. So my cooking has gotten tremendous going back. So I would say if we eat fast food, it's because we're on the road and I'm usually picking a chicken sandwich or something or I don't know. I still enjoy McDonald's cheeseburger every once in a while. Me too. Every now and then. <laughs> something I'm just going to be honest. cheeseburger. Yeah. I don't know what they yeah. do to it, but <laughs> – I will have one of those, but everything else, like even Taco Bell was my weakness and I can't even enjoy it. I'm like, this is not good. I don't like this. (laughs) You could make it so much better at home, right? Oh yeah. And, and I love making Mexican food. I've worked in a few Mexican restaurants as well. And so I've got a few recipes up my sleeve that I like to make a lot. I make a really good guacamole sauce. It's spicy. And I make street tacos and load it up. That's like my favorite thing to make is like a whole Mexican feast. 
Yeah, me too. I really, really love it. And I've gotten super picky, and it's also very sad because I realized that Augusta, Georgia does not really have good Mexican food. We got one new place that just opened in the past couple of years, and it's it's just a little higher quality that I like. But other than that, like I used to love to go to just any Mexican restaurant on any corner. And then I'm like, wait, this isn't very good. Yeah, you get more picky. And then I do enjoy cooking my own meals. I'm like trying to decide what to do for dinner. And my husband will be like, well, why don't you just pick something up? And I'm like, no. If I, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I'll stop at the store. And how about I get a couple chicken and some fresh veggies and we'll just make something. And I end up doing that and it's cheaper and it tastes better and I'm happier. The nights that I decide to take out, I get it and I'm like, ugh, it's not what yeah. I want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm super, super picky when it comes to restaurants, like more than anything else, because you know, it's going to cost more. It's expensive. And I can cook and it better if at I'm going to go, it, I, it, and I can make it a lot of it better at home. So it better be like really, really good. Yeah. Go I, fe- I find I'm more disappointed than, than not, unfortunately. But then I'm like, this is better. This is in the end. This is better. This is okay. <laughs> I'll live yep, with that. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, I love it because it's just such a natural progression. And if you read the, the books that I've written from Delayed on Deny, where I'm like, eat whatever, because that's what I do. And and I really no longer am the person that wrote Delayed on Deny in 2016. And it happened naturally. It, it, it wasn't anything I was trying to do. And then, you know. That's the greatest feast. part of this it whole is. thing. It just naturally it happened. I started eating McDonald's and now I'm like, I, what? <laughs> I want I want vegetables. I want the good stuff. Exactly. And the I mean, it really, it's like one of those things that, that you know, it, the better you eat, the better you feel. The better you feel, the better you want to eat. The better you eat, you feel even better still. So it just kind of, you know, like is a cycle. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I talk about intermittent fasting to everybody. I try to keep it off my Facebook, but I do share it with everybody. I want to make a business card that just says intermittent fasting. Here's the book. Like, because I talk about it so much, I want it easily like written down so I can just pass it out because I'm like, read Jen Stevens book. Trust me. <laughs> Start with delay, don't deny. And then go to, you know, fast feast repeats, the new one I've got right here. I've, I, I, I listened to it on audible. I showed my daughter your picture by the way today. And she said, Oh, she looks like she's younger than you, mom. Aww. And I said, I got to tell Jen that cause she'll like that. Was- <laughs> yeah. Somebody's like, you need a new picture. Cause that one was a few years old, but I love that picture. I love I, a friend of mine who, um, Rebecca, who was on the podcast, I can never re- say her name correctly, her last name. I had to practice it before I said it for the podcast. But I met her. She was like, I would like to take your picture in Atlanta. So she's, you know, she was a, a counselor, but she, you know, took photos in her spare time. And she's really good. So we did this whole photo shoot in the park in Atlanta. And that photo was the last one we were done. Like we were completely done. And, you know, it's really hard when people are taking your picture to look natural, whatever. So I had already put my jacket back on and she's like, well, just smile at me one more time. So I just looked at her and smiled. And that was the one. It was the one that wasn't even part. And I'm like, this is the best one. Because I guess, you know, it's hard to be real in a photo. But it was a happy accident. But she's amazing. I always have a hard time posting like new photos because I'm like, I'm just fake smiling. I need a real photo. Someone take my picture, but no one takes mom's pictures. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You're right. It's hard because it's all the photos that you've been taking. Exactly. And taking of I have that problem. 
Well, take some pictures. I'm also really bad at selfies because I'm like, right? <laughs> I don't know how to hold the the camera. I know. Phone don't and- get the low ones because then you know. Well, we don't got to worry about it too much anymore uh, now, Jen. Well, but <laughs> well, you know, I will tell you this: on the other side of menopause, when your hormones change, your skin does change. Like you know, have, older skin is different. My mom <laughs> and my of the hormones and my grandmother have told me just wait till you go through that because that's when our bodies really change a lot. I guess with our, like everything's been the same so far, but then when we hit menopause, I guess it's all over. So we'll see how that. Well, it's true. I mean, it's not, it doesn't mean, you know, that everything, you know, is going to be awful, but you know, I've got a little more sagginess going on. Like my arms are a little saggier than they had been just because you lose college. And I didn't really even know. We never talk about the changes that happen, but it all has to do with the hormones that change in your body and it's natural. It's going to happen. You are going to have hormonal changes and your body will respond in a physiological way. You know, I I sailed through and felt great, but you know, my sleep got worse, but it's a little saggier skin, a little more wrinkles, you know. I started putting wrinkle cream on when I was 18, trying to, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see how well that's working. I've got the the smile one. Me too. So. <laughs> I got it. it happens. But anyway, you can't fight it. So you might as well just embrace that that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. And then hope that intermittent fasting will help keep us younger, right? Exactly. Well, I think that it is. I totally think that it's I helped. I think so. You know, but, but there will still be some changes and it's not, you know, <laughs> it's it's something you're going to have to just say, okay, I'm different now. You've got to learn to work with the body that you've got at the time. Well, and thank goodness I have the tools now. So we're going to, I'm going to get through this life now because this is the most sustainable thing I've ever done. And the fact that I've almost made it to two years in December is just incredible. Like I can't even imagine when I hit four months, I thought, am I going to make it to six months? When I hit six months, am I going to make it to a year? Like, is this really happening? Like, am I still going on this this lifestyle? I mean, I, I try not to call it a diet because it's not. The diet mentality is I'm going to be done with my diet and I'm going to gain my weight back. But that's right. not what's happening. Yep. And by the time this comes out, it'll be February. I know. So we're recording <laughs> it in October. But you will have passed your two years. And I mean, I have zero doubt that you're going to keep doing it because it's just your lifestyle now. Absolutely. And it's just I, I'm i so grateful for you for b- having that big mouth you talk about <laughs> and getting I it do. out there because I, if, <laughs> if, you know, if, think about if you had been quiet, you know, all these people just still had been suffering. I'm just so grateful that God led you that path to well, thank to you. share it with everyone. Well, what's that saying? Well-behaved women rarely oh, make history. They make history, That's right? So true. <laughs> you know, and I've I've never been able to keep something to myself when I felt like it was important, no matter what it was. Whether it was when I was in the elementary school, and it was like, no, we cannot do this for our gifted kids because that is the wrong thing. Like, I had such a big mouth. I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast. But when I was retiring, I was like, okay, I'm retiring now, and. I went to the meeting in January, and I'm like, I'm retiring from teaching, so I am going to speak freely. This was at the gifted teacher meeting. I will speak freely now because it's not about me and what I prefer. This is what is best for children. And so I spoke freely. And then when we were having our end-of-the-year meeting, they were like, here's our end-of-the-year meeting. And I got a special email that said, you don't need to come because you're retiring. (laughs) (laughs) They were super afraid about what I was going to say, I guess, because, you know, I mean, I have a doctorate in gifted education. I I know things, right? But, you know, I I know it's right for for children. The the funny part of that story is the year after that, another teacher retired, and they threw her a party and got her a cake at the last meeting. (laughs) 
You're like, wait, where's mine? So I got uninvited. Please don't come. You're retiring. Goodbye. <laughs> Good luck on your new venture. Have fun. I'm like, okay, fine. Anyway, oh. I, I think of it as a funny story, but that just shows my big mouth that yeah. I've got. Well, it, and I'm not always going to say what people want to hear. Right? right. Well, and when just the rest of us are grateful for it. So keep doing it. Don't stop. Well, thank you. I cannot stop. It's impossible. But <laughs> I'm glad that you're sharing it. So when you share it, you know, what do people say? Or some of them like, hey, it's crazy or A lot of people. What? So there's a handful of people that are like, oh, wow, like you're doing really good at this. You know, tell me more about it. And some people, when I tell them, you know, well, I only eat just a certain time of day. I just, you know, I pick four hours out of the day and that's when I try to eat. I mean, my windows do vary, vary a lot. Some days I decide I'm going to have lunch and dinner. Some days I just have lunch or, you know, I just, I go with the flow of things. And that's so, that's what the best part of this is. Everyone says, well, tell me when to eat. And I'm like, well, I started with three to seven, but maybe it was 7.30 or maybe I didn't eat till 4.30. It's just a range. And you have to find that yourself and what works for you. And for me, you know, that's, I would get off work and come home and I would start snacking while cooking dinner and being able to taste my food while eating and, and for me, that's what worked. But some people are still having, you know, well, okay, so you stopped right at seven. <laughs> like, or the other people say, oh, that's crazy. I can't do that. And I'm like, if I can do it, you can do it too. That's the crazy part. Like, you guys know me. And if it's something I could do, then why are you saying you can't do it? <laughs> yeah. That is a lot of people really have that, have that. It sounds so hard. And yeah, and I can, I get that and I can relate to that. But for me, it was everything I was looking for. I just didn't know it. And I did want to share some of my measurements. I've kept track of my measurements every month since I started. That's huge and very important. I would encourage everyone to do that just because someone was complaining yesterday, rightfully so. I mean, if you, you've been maintaining and suddenly her weight was up two pounds and she was like, I know that doesn't sound like much, but I'm afraid I'm going to gain all the weight back. And I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, then she measured and she's lost an inch in her waist. Yeah. Well, in the... The two pounds, that's never meant nothing to me, but that's mostly because I was already in the 200s, you know, so two pounds here and there, like that's not anything. Even now, I weighed 142 this morning. My lowest I've weighed was prior to my menstrual cycle. I weighed 137. Right. But you have a fluctuation range yeah. where your body just naturally fluctuates. And so, and I can yeah. tell like whether or not it's normal or not, but my my starting bust was 48 inches, for example. And as of two days ago, it's 36 inches. That's 12 inches lost just in my bust. And my That's huge. I, I don't have my beginning measurements. I wish I did. I did. I started measuring in January. So that first month, I hadn't read your book yet. And I hadn't really like thought of like the whole pictures and measuring things. I didn't know if it'd work. I was just trying it. And as soon as like I lost a few pounds, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. I want to keep track. So in total, between my bust, my waist, my hips, my arms, and my legs, I've been measuring those. I've lost 54 inches. That's amazing. What have you lost around your waist? My waist, I've lost 15 inches. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, now listen. It's crazy. That is such a marker of health. Yeah. Your waist measurement. Is it? Okay. So this is all new to me. Waist is Health is, waist is huge. Your waist measurement is huge. You know, I always was a pair, you know, growing up. I just, I tend, my the women in my family tend to be, you know, bigger on the bottom. We have bigger thighs, that sort of thing. And I always had a small waist. It made it hard to find pants. But when I was going through being obese, my waist, suddenly I was an apple. 
I had a really big, big waist. That's the sign of, you know, insulin resistance and metabolic problems. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that, that apple shape. So to lose, I mean, 15 inches. Yeah. It was started at 44 inches and I'm down to 29 inch waist now. Wow. And as just, just li- anytime I look at those numbers, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is crazy. <laughs> that is such, such a marker of good health. I'm glad I've kept track. And yes. so it's kind of crazy. My highest weight when I had my son was 276 pounds and my lowest weight you know, now averaging is 138. I did the math. I'm like, 138 and 138, that's 276. I've lost half of my body. Wow. Half of my body's gone. (laughs) That's huge. It's crazy. Yeah. So. So you've lost more than I did, you know, definitely. And and just, it feels so free to move through life in a body that it's easy to move. My goal weight was always, when I first started, it was, you know, to get under 200 pounds. And I reached that in April. So I'd only been uh, fasting for four months when I reached that first goal. And then my next goal weight was, everyone asked me, I'm like, I guess 150. That's kind of my average, like, low weight. And so I reached 150. And I was like, okay, now what? Like, this isn't maintenance yet. I still have more to lose. 150 is not a great weight for someone that's 5'3". So, I'm just kind of cruising along with it. I don't think I'm in maintenance, but I'm just kind of going along with with what I'm doing and see where I end up. I one of the first time I reached size ten pants, I, I went on your Facebook page. You were still on Facebook then, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you guys will never believe this! Like I'm wearing a size ten. I've never worn a size ten in my adult life. I'm wearing a size four now." <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, it varies That's between amazing. brands, right? Four to six yeah, to eight yeah. or whatever, but. I put on a pair of Levi's that I got. A, I do shop at the thrift sh- thrift stores for all my new clothes because I've gone through so many. And the, my new Levi's are size four. And I'm like, this is crazy. Never in my life did I think I would wear a size four. That seems imaginary. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? And, and my goal was to be a six. That was it. When I was, you know, size 16W or whatever I was squeezing into at the time – you had a lot of things with elastic. It's a lot. I wore a lot of leggings and stretchy dresses. But my goal, I was like, I just want to be a six. That's it. I want to be a six. See? So that was and, your and measurement. Yeah. And I wildly surpassed that. And I had never been able to maintain long periods of time. And so to be able to, you know, still put on like the pants I'm wearing right now, like here they are. I bought them. They're like these. <laughs> That's probably not a good look. I just lifted up my pants, <laughs> my leg. But I bought these in, I don't know, maybe 2016. Yeah. They still fit me. See, yeah. that's the incredible part. I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to buy clothes and I get to wear them for longer than <laughs> – I'm not buying the next size up. I get to buy the next size down. This just never happened. It's so cool. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, 
Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. But you're smart to buy them at a thrift store because I don't know if I shared with you when you when you were talking about being excited about buying size 10. Size 10 was the, yes. the size where I went crazy yes. and bought too much. I remember this. And I, I I took that note mentally and was like, don't do what Jen did. Don't buy all new clothes. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I only was wearing those size 10s for three or four months probably. And yeah. then I was on to the next size. Like I bought like this – I went to the, J. Jill or something. I never shop at J. Jill, but I bought these pants at J. Jill that were size 10, and they were like $90. I was just, <laughs> that is not how I normally shop. No, but, but I was just so happy to feel good in those pants. Like I can remember there were these black pants, and I just felt like a million bucks in those yeah, pants. Yeah, you treated and yourself. I, <laughs> I did, and, and I don't normally, but I was like, these are the best pants ever. I just couldn't imagine I was going to get smaller. And I didn't wear those pants for very long. And that's where I keep going. Everyone says, you know, are you done losing weight? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep going. No, I still got Let my mommy. Still got my mommy flab down here. So it's doing its thing. A last thing to go, I guess. <laughs> but your body is just going to decide and lead you along the way. And you're not stressed about it. See, that's the most beautiful thing. Exactly. And I know we're getting shorter on time. I don't want to forget to talk about, I talked about my asthma and allergies, but some of the other things I struggled with a lot was um, IBS. I had really severe IBS and I was taking medication for that almost weekly. I don't know if anyone's familiar with IBS, but it's like having a baby. (laughs) The cramps for that is like, is similar to being in labor. In fact, when I was in labor with my third son, I thought I was having an IBS attack. (laughs) Oh, see, I've never had IBS, but that sounds miserable. I didn't know it was so painful. And that is 100% gone. I don't have those issues anymore. And then I had the plantar, I can never say it, the foot issue that everyone Plantar plantar fasciitis, something (laughs) like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Everyone I hear on your podcast talks about that. I had those issues. Those are gone. And very sensitive skin. I am very, uh, you can see I have very fair skin. I have very sensitive skin. And the last couple of years, I was so heavy. I was getting hives across my whole body. They weren't. They would just show up randomly. I'd get them on my hands, my stomach, my my arms, my legs. I was getting extreme hives, and and that is gone. That doesn't happen you know, anymore. No, I had that. Oh, really? Back in, I can't remember when it was. It was it was when I was heavy. I had some problems with hives all of a sudden, and I'd never had them again. I think it's just that whole inflammation. I talk about in Cleanish, which will be out by the time your episode comes out. It will already have been out. But in Cleanish, I talk about the whole idea of our toxic load or our body burden. And the the analogy that I use is the bucket effect. And I did not create this analogy, but it just really spoke to me the first time I heard it, which was years ago. Like, think about your body as a bucket, right? And you can you can hold, you know, your bucket might be a different size than mine, but Toxins go in through, you know, just day living, our, what we eat, all the things. And then our bodies are great at self-cleaning. But if we put in more toxins than our bodies can manage, our bucket overflows. That makes sense. 
And yeah. Everything and, you say and, makes sense to me. That's why this works. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Jen, keep going. Yeah. But once your bucket overflows, that's when you start having hives and asthma and your body just is starting to have all these. And it, you know, it might show itself differently in different ways to different people, but it's all your your bucket overflowing because your body can't manage it. I was very and uncomfortable. So, I've definitely listened to what you've said and I'm like, it's got to have been the inflammation. Yeah, but we can lower. Fasting is a great self-cleaning tool, so it lowers the level in our bucket, right? And also as we as we, you know, gently over time, you know, clean up what we're eating, we're putting in more real food. So we're putting less in. And then also our bodies, you know, we're putting the high-quality foods in. Real foods are a fabulous detoxification strategy. You don't have to like do a cleanse. You know, eating the Brussels sprouts, there's those phytochemicals in there that help our bodies. You know, they support our natural detoxification pathways. So lowers the level in our bucket. We're no longer overflowing. Makes sense. Yeah. I love that. So your hive's gone. All gone. And it was just so uncomfortable. It was so miserable. And that's really like why I jumped on the intermittent fasting train so quickly because I was so uncomfortable in my body. Everything was hurting. Everything was an issue. And it was at this point, my son was getting ready to walk soon. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) I am not going to be able to chase him. So now it's great because he's a runner and I can chase him and I can catch him. And it's great. How old is he? (laughs) He just turned three. And he is he took off the second he finally learned how to walk. He was about almost a year and a half. He was a late walker. But by the time he learned how to walk, I'd been starting to lose weight. And I was like, just in time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I get it. My boys are 18 months apart, oh. and it was so hard when they were little. I remember I always, I had Will strapped to me. I had one of those baby Bjorns, and so I kept him strapped to me because Cal, man, he was fast. I remember we were at the mall one time, and he's running away from me, and I'm like grabbed, holding his hand, and I was just holding it, and he's like, you're breaking my arm. I'm like, baby, stop pulling. You're pulling against me. I'm just holding you. <laughs> He's like screaming it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? I mean, I was not breaking his arm. I was just trying to hold, you know, hold his hand. And he's pulling and running. And oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> Those little kids, they have a lot of energy. Yeah. They were loud, too. They were all over the place running. Yeah. So that that's good. So you can now chase him wherever he goes. Exactly. Exactly. There's another really great thing that's happened to me since reading your book and I wanted to talk about. It's kind of embarrassing. I don't actually share it with a lot of people, so this is a big deal. I've been a closet chewer. I chew tobacco for, oh, I was chewed tobacco for about 13 years. And last October, obviously, I knew that that wasn't technically a clean fast to be chewing tobacco. And I had been successful in losing weight out of the whole keeping my body healthy journey and the journey I had, you know, I'd already lost so much weight. So last October 29th was my last time I had tobacco. Now I still have a little bit of nicotine here and there, but just a little, I've narrowed it down. But to get rid of that, and it is, I have, you know, addictions. We talked about sugar and food in general. This was just another addiction I had that I wanted to kick for multiple reasons. It's disgusting. And I don't like being a woman that likes to, to share that with the world. But uh, <laughs> well, thank you for sharing it, though, because someone needed to hear it. And that's why I wanted to share it, because I was successful at fasting, but I was able to kick the habit and be healthier. And October 29th is coming up. It'll be a year since I've been tobacco free. 
And I have you to thank for that. So well, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it, not me. Well, it's you. inspired by you. It's just inspired, you know, intermittent fasting has just truly been life-changing for me. I am I'm usually super shy and keep to myself and I'm doing sales for my company now and something I just wouldn't never been comfortable with before. I've been able to talk about intermittent fasting. I've been able to talk about selling t-shirts and <laughs> things that just I would never have been able to do before. So it's it's really just a transformation. It's so much more than just, you know, a weight loss approach or even just a healthy way to live. I think it transforms us body, mind and spirit. Absolutely. And it's the hard part is, is, you know, for a long time and even sometimes now, I still feel like the big woman that I've been my whole life. And so that's a really hard because like I went to a party once and there was a bunch of you know, a bunch of us ladies and a lot of them were bigger and they're talking about, you know, oh, we love to eat, blah, 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 keep, you know, fat girls for life and this and that. And then I'm kind of sitting over there feeling like I'm not part of the conversation, but I'm like, hey, you know, like I know what you're talking about and I wanted to say yeah. something. It's um, hard to know. I know exactly what you mean because you're like, I have something that could really help you. Yeah. But you don't want to overstep. Like, I've been in your shoes. I know it doesn't look like it. I look like I'm just a smaller person and maybe you wouldn't believe I weighed 300 pounds. But, and that's where I'm just, I want to share my story with everyone too. And I have a, a fasting page on Facebook still and I post on there. I love it. And I get a lot of people think I'm you, actually. And I'm like, no, I'm not Jen. Actually, this is <laughs> this is how to find Jen. You need to go over here. And But I write on there all the time, like, people read her book. Because they ask me, well, like, I have an auto response even. I get so many messages. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I understand why you had to retire. <laughs> well, and, you know, and... And somebody, I guess, was was mad that I left Facebook, and they said something a little snarky, and they're like, oh, Jen, you got too big for Facebook. And I'm like, actually, it's the opposite. Facebook got too big for me to manage. I just couldn't literally do it anymore. And it wasn't – I mean, there were a whole snowball effect of things, but – it was really taking over my life. You can see yeah. it, right? How, like, how big is your group? Um, I think I have, like, 1,500 followers, and then I work and have kids. So, like, I try to get back to messages. But um, I also had created an intermittent fasting in the Inland Northwest group, which has, like, 40 members. I'm not very active in that. I just – I didn't have time to do it. <laughs> like, as much Well, you can as then I, understand. Yeah. I was teaching full-time. Right. And managing, we were over 100,000 by that point. Now, I'm still teaching full-time and running these groups. And then when I retired, the groups got to a combined of almost half a million. And, I mean, if it's hard to run 1,500, imagine. And, you know, thank God for the moderators. They're amazing. I could not have done it without them. But it just got to be all-consuming. And I want to support people 100%. But instead, it's it's, you know, I feel like, the teacher in me, right? I'm duplicated through what you're doing and what everyone else is doing. Like you're doing work. You're doing the work in in your community. Yeah. I just want to spread the joy because if it can change my life this much and just like you had to, you know, you want to share it with the world. So I want to do that too. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh man, this is hard. (laughs) It is hard. But, you know, if we just duplicate ourselves, like I can't support the entire world personally I, with my hands, you know, I can't personally touch every single person who has a question, but I can teach you, you can teach someone. It's like the tree that keeps growing with Absolutely. the branches. Absolutely. And that's what happened, yeah. you know, when I found it, the 
Andrea, who showed me intermittent fasting, she's had extreme success. She, I would love for her to come on your podcast too because she was having struggles with infertility. Wow, and I would love to have her on. She was, Connect her with yes, me. Yes, she's going to yeah. hear this, and now I've called her out, so she's going to have to. She's got to do it, <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> yes. So I would love to have. It's her. just been great. I, I've probably had, I think, around forty people go towards intermittent fasting. I mean, at least that I know of. Some people even contact me and they're like, hey, I saw you posted this a year ago and I've been doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, why didn't you tell me sooner? (laughs) Yeah. Like one time my cousin posted, I didn't even know she was in in the group. This was years ago. She was in the one meal a day group, the original. And and all of a sudden I saw that this, hey, that's my cousin. I didn't even know she was really there. And she's like, quietly telling someone how she lost over 100 pounds. I'm like, what? I didn't even know that. Why are you being quiet about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we are almost uh. out of time. So what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I've thought about this a lot. And I think I have it written down here. One thing I want to tell someone new that's starting that's maybe listening to the podcast for the first time is that you are worth it. Don't think that this is not something you can do or you're not that like it's totally worth it and you can do it and everybody you have one body you have one life you've got one time to like do the right thing and this has really been the answer for me and I think it's going to be the answer for a lot of people need to read your books I mean start there because I, you and I both can't answer all those questions. There's a book with all the answers, and it's right here. You can listen to it on Audible. I did it the first time. I did it for free. I hadn't had Audible yet. You, I downloaded your book for free. Didn't right. cost anything. Yep. Libraries will get it for you. You can get it for free that way. Yeah, the library. That's yeah. another great thing. It's not. That's that's the best thing about this. Is I'm actually saving money. <laughs> I'm not this. This person, you know, anybody that wants to start, it's the easiest thing you'll ever do. And that's coming from a 300-pound person. <laughs> it's It's been the easiest lifestyle change that I can think of and the health benefits that go along with it. I just, I want everyone to know that you are worth it and you just need to try it. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, it has been fabulous to talk to you. And thank you for taking the time to tell your story. Yes, absolutely. It's been wonderful talking to you. It's been it's been great. I'm so excited to see that you on the new platform, too. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com/internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the US to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement, other restrictions apply.